All right, welcome to Rockford Reading Daily, episode 53. We just concluded reading Citizens, Cops, and Power, which was our third book in the Rockford Reading Daily podcast list of books. I'm going to do just a short recap of some of the things that were touched upon in the book Citizens, Cops, and Power. And I'm just going to sort of give my perspective on some of the concepts and ideas that were brought out and how some of those things relate to issues currently facing us in Rockford, Illinois, and in Winnebago County when it comes to police terrorism, mass incarceration, and racial injustice. I think the first thing I want to point out about the book Citizens, Cops, and Power is the emphasis that was put on the concept of community within the book. I think that before reading this, I had a very surface level understanding and a very surface level thought pattern when it came to the idea of community. I think a lot of times I've used the word community in conversations very loosely without thinking about all the implications and that the concept that the word community has and all the just the depth of the idea of community. And I think that reading this book was the first time that I I really began to think about the depth of community and to look at it as a, a, a look at it through a wider prism. And I think that that also brings me to another point that I, uh, that not necessarily I got specifically from this book, but I, but I get from, from all these readings that we've done not only just in the Rockford Reading Podcast, but as an organization of the May 30th Alliance. One of the things that I've I've pulled away from all the readings that we've taken part in is the complexity of certain concepts that we use on a day-to-day basis and that we sort of use, that that people tend to use in a very surface-level type of manner and so things like community the word community the idea of community is something that you'll hear people talk about all the time Uh, they'll talk about organizing a community or being from a community or speaking on behalf of a community and I think that uh, commonly there is when that is when that is happening when there are dialogues like that taking place the word community is being used without a common understanding between the two parties that are using it and i think that in an effort to build that common understanding uh, all of us as individuals have to do the work of building an individual understanding of community that's deeper and so this book helped for me to build a, a deeper individual understanding of community, which I think can help me when I'm having collective conversations or engaging in collective actions around the concept of community. I want to speak on some of the some of the community concepts that were presented in the book. One of there were two they, they spoke about two different sets of or types of community. They spoke about thin community and they spoke about thick community within the book. Now, thick community was broken into two separate categories. There was thick community in the form of recovered community, and then there was thick community in the form of discovered community. And then thin community was not broken up into categories. It was just uh, described as thin community. I want to read a small thing that I wrote 
about both recover community and discover community and then have a dialogue about recovered and discovered community as it relates to thick community. And then after that, I'll speak about thin community. So this is a, a piece that I wrote in the most recent May 30th Alliance newsletter about recovered and discovered community as far as it pertains to the book Citizens Cops of Power. Recover community. One of the concepts presented in the book Citizens Cops and Power is the idea that community is a set of common values, morals and goals among a collective of people that date back to an earlier time in history. But due to modernization, those values, morals and common goals have been lost to the descendants of those people in the present day. In this concept, community is something that people look to pet. Excuse me. In this concept, community is something that people look to past belief systems and morality to help bolster what is lacking in those areas currently. When I hear this idea of recovered community, I think of a neighborhood where mostly the same families of the same race and social class have lived in an area for multiple generations. This neighborhood was once an all-white neighborhood, but in the 1960s, an influx of black people moved in and slowly due to, quote, white flight, end quote, it became a predominantly black neighborhood. The generation that moved in during the 1960s have been involved in voter registration drives, mass meetings, and wage struggles in the court systems. These things have been done first for them to ascertain the power to move into the neighborhood, and then second for them to have some control of the economics of the neighborhood. Those actions both organized and mobilized the people involved and gave them a greater sense of collectivism, thus creating a community from individuals with common values, morals, and goals. Throughout the following decades, however, the crime rate has risen, employment has declined, and educational resources have been divested from the neighborhood. Simultaneously, the people who live in the area have become less socially involved with one another, less involved in community activities, and less involved with the politics of the area. If in an effort to absolve the issue of crime, unemployment, and poor education, the pe- for education, the people in the area look to surviving elders for guidance, begin to hold mass meetings, rallies, and voter drives in the past, and engage in electoral politics, this is a form of recovering community. Reaching back in the past for common values, morals, and goals. Discovered community. The concept of discovered community is presented as being created by a collective of people searching for common morals, values, and goals among themselves in an effort to ascertain political power where where it has never existed. Whereas recovered community is formed through a remembering of a past collectivism, discovered community is formed through a searching for present collectivism. When I hear this idea, I think of that same neighborhood from our previous example, except Instead of organizing around issues that have been addressed before, they are organizing around issues that are specific to their time period, such as police terrorism and mass incarceration. In this instance, instead of the guidance of elders taking the forefront, the inside of younger generations will be at the lead, since this issue may be one they have a greater deal of experience with. Instead of mimicking actions of the past that built collectivism, creating a dialogue about new actions to take will build the same sense of collectivism. Our previous example of discovered community has specific parameters to what constituted the community in question, the neighborhood, which became predominantly black from white flight. I would present the idea that in the in the concept of discovered community, those parameters are not as rigid, are not as rigid, allowing a wider net of people to be brought into the fold of the community.
This concept of discovered community also was less likely to duplicate shortcomings or prejudices of past communities at, as the process of forming the values, morals, and goals of the community will itself be a key part in creating the community. I believe that it is important to gain an understanding of community and their functioning because it will take and their functioning because it will take at too much. All right, my fault. I just this is this is a recently written thing and I butchered it. I should have read through this before I submitted it to the newsletter too. I gotta stop submitting things into the newsletter with bad grammar and enunciate pronunciation. Or not enunciation, but bad grammar and uh all right, let's keep reading. My fault. I believe that it is important to gain an understanding of community and their functioning because it will take. It will take communities. OK, I miss I got a typo. Sorry. I believe that it is important to gain an understanding of community and their functioning because it will take communities to struggle against police terrorism, mass incarceration and racial injustice. These two examples are both considered, quote, thick, end quote, versions of community. As I read and reflected on these concepts, it altered the candidness in which I use the word community when engaging in political discourse. Excuse me. The entirety of the book, Citizens, Cops and Power, goes far beyond simply proposing concepts of community. However, the strongest impression made upon me were these two contrasting versions of community. I would encourage everyone to read this book if they have already read books such as The End of Policing, The New Jim Crow, and Locking Up Our Own. Okay, and, and uh, the last little piece of that I sort of stumbled over, but what I wanted to just point out about both of those thick versions of community is that in in both reading and writing about these versions of community it helped me to understand and it helped me to conceptualize why there is a a lot of times why there is a what well, a lot of times why they are why why there are hindrances in building community in areas or building community in cities and i think a lot of it comes from the convolution of whether people are trying to discover community or recover community. Uh, one of the things pointed out in the book is that a lot of times when people speak about community uh, presently in 2021, 2022, depending on when you're listening to this, they'll speak about community in this sort of a nostalgic manner as there's uh, as if they're thinking about something of the past or harking on things of the past. And then you'll see other people who are speaking about community not in the sense of harping on something in the past or thinking about something in the past but hold on, ambulance going by but about creating something presently and i think that for me personally seeing those seeing the the thought process or the ideology of those two things being separated helped me to understand pathways to forming communities through discovery and also forming communities through recovery and i think that again that's not another one of the things that these readings do is that a lot of times you have sort of ideas or thoughts that are like in your head or 
or ideologies that are sort of floating around in your head. And when you hear somebody and it can be a lot of things that are real convoluted, a lot of notions or concepts that are convoluted. And when you can pick up a piece of literature that's about a specific piece of that ideology or a specific piece of that concept, it can uh, it can sort of unconvolute things that are and and make things more clearer and help you to be able to articulate certain things more clear help you to be able to understand things more clear and that was and that's what has sort of happened to me for through reading this when it comes to the idea of community Uh, and then in here as well they spoke about the thin version of community now I didn't write anything about the thin version of community but I'm just going to give a summarization of my perspective of what they were talking about when they spoke on thin community and how and for me the when they spoke about thin community the main difference is one of the number one things that separated thin and thick community in the way that they were presenting it was that thin community is something that people can be a part of for a small period of time and they may move uh, away from. It's not necessarily a thick community. I would label things as being uh, being Hispanic, being part of the Hispanic community as being part of a thick community, being part of, uh, if you live on the west side of Rockford in a certain area, uh, the northwest side of Rockford, being that's part of being uh, the northwest community. Uh, if you if your children go to public school and you're not in the in the, if your children go to public school then you're part of the public school community things that are more things that are not as simple as enjoying them or being wanting to be part of this group for the moment but eventually growing out of the group something that is more that is less transient something that is more permanent and so your locale is something that is more permanent yes you can move and move to a different area but in general it's not as as simple as say for let's contrast it so those are thick versions of community let's say a thin version of community is uh, a computer club you're part of the computer community or you're part of the poker community or you're part of the uh, basketball community something that you can opt in and opt out of something that is closer to a social personal preference or a social preference less than it is uh, connected to a class system or a social construct system that you're a part of. And so when we start speaking about thin community, thin community is something that you may be a part of the community for just two years or for just one year. The people who are coming to be a part of this community may not have any invested interest in staying part of this community. And so the things that tie them to the only thing that is tying them together is less about their uh, building political power or less about the value system or less about searching or recovering or discovering community. And it's more, I would say, about uh, the camaraderie of the community or uh, about the specific interests that you share in the community. And I think, again, that's important to point out because there are some people when they say they are looking for a community, uh, that's what they mean. And I think that to me, the main things I get from this is that three, you can have 
three sets of people and they're all saying they're looking for a community. And it may be a black person saying that they're looking for a community and what they're looking for is a recovered community. They're looking for the type of community that their grandmother experienced or their grandfather experienced or the type of community that uh, black people from an older generation experienced. And so they may go to uh, a church group to find that type of community or political uh, or mass meetings or something like that or electoral, go to electoral politics to find that type of uh, community and then you may have another black person who is looking for community and they're looking to discover community and so maybe they feel that uh, community uh, in the past was too uh, homophobic or they felt that the community of the past was too misogynistic or they felt the community of the past was too centered on uh, uh, white American values and so they want to be a part of discovering something that is new not necessarily hearkening back to something that existed before. And then you may have a, a third person who is uh, black and they're looking for a community, but they're not looking for a community in the sense of building any type of political power, any type of, or changing any type of social systems that exist. They're just looking for camaraderie or looking for people who share the same social interests that they share. And so, I think that it's important to layer out all these these three specific separate categories of community and to be able to speak to these different types of community. So that way we when we're out trying to build community, we are finding the we are building the type of community. We're finding people who are looking for the same type of community that we're trying to build. And I think for the issue of police terrorism, mass incarceration and racial injustice, that all three forms of these communities can be. Uh, utilized and but for more on that commute on community and the concept of community I would again encourage people to read uh, this to read citizens cops and power or to go back and listen to the previous episodes of Rafa reading daily where we dive into citizens cops and power okay next I want to shift to the concepts of individualism and how individualism relates to community and one of the things that I took away from one of the things I took away from this when it came to speaking about individualism inside of community is is the way that individual aspirations or individual fears, individual uh, goals that may or individual just individuality how those how the the things that derive from individuality can become hindrances towards building community. Uh, let's say, let's say for one of the things that was used here, for example, was they were talking about building community in a neighborhood or building community in an area in a locale. And one of the things that indain that made it difficult or, or posed hindrances towards building community in the neighborhood or in a locale is uh, people not being invested in the collectivism of the community, people wanting to mind their own business, people not wanting to uh, get involved or seem or feel as if or have their neighbors feel as if they're being too nosy or they don't want to endanger themselves by getting too being too involved in their neighbor's business. And and there were there were other aspects of individualism that they pointed out as as it related to being a hindrance to community. Uh, but I think uh, individual uh, value value systems, individual uh, senses of morality, individual goals are all things that 
can pose hindrances towards building community if you have to and, and again one of the things that they pointed out here and excuse me if i'm jumping around a little bit but one of the other things that they pointed out here is how individualism is something that is not necessarily done in a negative manner or in a negative aspect. Uh, for example, if you live in a neighborhood and you're, it take, it's, you have to work two jobs, two jobs in order to pay the bills, you have a kid, you have a child that you are busy trying to take back and forth to school and trying to provide for, uh, your individual needs will make it so that you are not in the same position to contribute to a collective action to try to build community. And this is something that you would see happening more often in a neighborhood or in areas where there are people with who make less money, who have less income, people uh, who are in areas where they have less free time, where they're uh, where it's more difficult for them to be involved in neighborhood uh, get togethers or to be involved in neighborhood organizing. And again, one of the things that they pointed out in this book that uh, was important is how the communities that need those things the most, that need uh, some form of collectivism the most in an effort to thwart some of the issues that exist within the community, a lot of times those are the communities where people can least afford to be a part of that. And so a lot of times the communities where people have are in a position where they are forced to be more individualistic because of the lack of opportunities they have are also the communities where people need to be more collective to deal with the social issues that exist there. And I think the thing that's important to point out about that is how this has been an issue that has existed for years and in, 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 in for decades in our society. And uh, at some point, it's not simply the onus is not simply on these people in this community to find a way to be less individualistic and to be more collective. The onus becomes on the the government and the institutions which continue to perpetuate the social issues that caused them to not be able to be more collective, that forced them to be more individualistic. And one of the one of the other concepts that they brought out as a, as a hindrance to community is the concept of heterogeneity. And this was also one of the was also a, a point of emphasis for me in reading this book because of the fact that I was not very well versed in the concept of heterogeneity. I have uh, uh, read about it or I have read the term being used in other pieces of literature surrounding police terrorism, mass incarceration and racial injustice multiple times. But this was the the most depth I had read something or the most depth about heterogeneity that I had read. And essentially... I'm trying. I'm just reading something real quick. Uh, essentially, one of the things. Essentially, they were speaking about heterogeneity being a hindrance to building community because, in let's say, you have a neighborhood where 20% of the people are, 20% uh, of the families are Mexican, uh, another 25% of the families or 30% of the families are black. Maybe you have another 15, 20% that are white. You have 10% that are Middle Eastern, 10% that are uh, of Asian descent and 5% Puerto Rican, just, just make it so that it, you are living in a, a area that is very heterogeneous, heterogeneous. Uh, there is not just one 
overwhelmingly majority group. It's not an overwhelming majority group in an area or a neighborhood. And that presents hindrances towards building communities because now the uh, Mexican, the 20% Mexican families that live in the area may have a different set of morals and values and goals that they have, even as a collective. Let's say that they're past any individual, individualistic hindrances, but collectively they have different morals, values, and objectives than the black community that lives there and then then the community of Asian descent and the Middle Eastern descent and so what happens is when they begin to try to get together to form uh, a community whether it's on the basis of a discovered community or on the basis of a recovered community or whether it's a thick or a thin community that they are trying to form uh, they have trouble in doing it because of their the vastly different backgrounds that they come from, which is another issue that is very unique to American cities because uh, the majority of countries outside of America are homogeneous. Uh, they are the majority of people in Ireland, uh, their descendants of uh, are, are, are Irish or their ancestors are Irish. The majority of people in Britain and India and all of these different places, majority of places around the world uh are homogeneous and so that is not an issue that exists at the same rate as it does here in America and then even within America uh, the communities that are the the most heterogeneous and have the most uh, diverse groups of people within them are lower class neighborhoods and working class neighborhoods and and so again you are put in a place where the people these working class people and lower class people have less resources and are in uh more more difficult positions to try to get past those hindrances than people who would be more well off economically and so uh again we're shown how the hindrances towards building communities specifically in neighborhoods and areas and locales, those hindrances are much stronger in poor neighborhoods and in working class neighborhoods. And at the same time, the need for uh, for community is much stronger in those type of neighborhoods because those are the places where miseducation exists the most, where a lack of uh, equitable health resources exist the most, where lack of uh, equitable employment exists the most. And, uh, and so that was just another concept that I had never really thought about to this type of extent until reading this book. I think to touch on uh, the last thing before ending this episode, and again, we I try to keep these episodes uh, around 30 minutes just so that way it's enough for people to, to digest in a day without being overwhelmed. And also it's enough for anybody who may begin to uh, just be partaking in the listening to the podcast. They can try to digest a couple of them in a, in a day's worth of time. And so just going to touch on one more concept that was presented within the book Citizens, Cops and Power, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, but that concept was transience when it comes to neighborhoods and locales and how transience is uh, another hindrance towards building community. Now, in this in in this specific reading, transience was uh, was used in the manner of uh, renters versus owners and how people generally felt who whether they owned or rented in a neighborhood uh, in the at least in the sample size that was used in this book people felt that people 
who were renting in the neighborhood cared less about keeping up with the neighborhood, cared less about being involved in the neighborhood, cared less about uh, forming community. And again, what was pointed out is that transients uh, and people who are, you know, besides just renting and owning, just people who are not going to be in living in a neighborhood or in an area for an extended period of time, who are just here in between other places. Uh, they spoke about how transience is something that is more predominant in lower class and working class neighborhoods. That they are as transience is something that is more predominant in neighborhoods that have uh, that are more heterogeneous, that have multiple ethnicities and races living within there. And so, once again, this hindrance that happens in areas that need once again, this is a hindrance that happens mostly in areas that. Um, I'm, my fault. I'm, I'm, I'm messing. I'm messing up how I want to present this. Uh, okay, so transience, just like uh, heterogeneity and just like individualism, is something that will manifest itself in neighborhoods that need community building the most. Uh, but it will also, but it's also one of the biggest impediments to that community building. And and, and so again, they spoke about how. Uh, People who may just be living there for eight months or living somewhere for 12 months don't feel the need to become invested in neighborhood watch or don't feel the need to uh, speak to their neighbors and get to know their neighbors or people who uh, they one of the things they pointed out is a lot of times people who have children live in an area longer because their children are going to go to school in that area. They want, don't want to be pulling their kids in and out of the school. And so a lot of times when somebody who is single renting moves to an area, people feel as if. Uh, they have no invest, no investment in the community, no investment in the area. And so they uh, spoke about how people feel they would rather have somebody with children and somebody who's uh, married uh, move into a, a neighborhood uh, because they felt that it would be easier to build community with those kind of people. And so. And so, again, one of the things that uh, stands out to me is before you can even get to a place of trying to create community and build community, whether it's a thick version or a thin version, whether it's recovering community or discovering community, there are uh, so many impediments that exist just to get to a point where people are willing to try to find and build community and heterogeneity, transience and individualism are three of the more overt hindrances that exist and they exist most overtly in areas with poor and working class people and that is also the areas that most overtly need community building and so uh and again just like most of the things that we're going to be reading through especially this first year this first season of the Rock for Reading Daily podcast. I think that we're in a place of learning the issues, figuring out what the problem is. I think a lot of times people want to rush to solutions and rush to the answers. And I don't think that we can afford to do that. I think that we've seen a generation before us try to rush to that. I think that we've seen electoral politics try to rush to that. We've seen Democrats and Republicans try to rush to that, try to rush to finding answers and solutions. And I think what we need to do is begin to learn the problems that we are 
are facing intimately and then begin to explain and articulate those problems and those issues to other people. And then we can get to a, when everybody's on the same page of understanding the issues, understanding the problems, we can begin to uh, uh, absolve ourselves of those things. And so one of the uh, hindrances and impediments towards ending police terrorism, mass incarceration and racial injustice is the lack of community and the lack of community building and the lack of understanding about community uh, that exists. And so I hope that people can read Citizens, Cops in Power and begin to uh, have a better understanding and a deeper understanding of community. And I hope that some of the reading that readings that we did here on this podcast can assist with that better understanding. And so on that note, I want to encourage people to please go back, listen to all the episodes of Route for Reading Daily before this one. The first book we read was Have Black Lives Ever Mattered. Second book we read was Race Matters. The third book we read was Citizens, Cops and Power. Uh, the next episode, we will begin reading uh, Thoreau's essay on civil disobedience. I will be joined by a fellow member of the May 30th Alliance for that reading. And after we finish reading that, we will begin reading one, Women, Race and Class by Angela Y. Davis and dissecting that and I'm not sure what the next uh, reading will be after that but there will be another reading and uh, we put these out on a daily basis to present people the opportunity to either begin or to further their journey on in the struggle to end police terrorism mass incarceration and racial injustice all right thank you for taking the time to listen share this on whatever platform you're listening to it on and uh, remember we outside